Hello and welcome to No Such Thing as a Bad Movie Podcast. I'm April Itmanski and I'm here today with Judge Justin DeClue. Oh, and Judge Colin Cunningham. And I'm also a judge at Mansky. Oh, I forgot okay. to. I forgot. Wait, so is Judge you, your first name? Wait, yeah. uh, Judge uh, Reinhold? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> now was, presiding. Okay, so we had uh, two movies. We had, well, we had one movie today that was a listener request movie, and then I decided to make it a judge theme, mm-hmm. which is not something that probably anyone has ever done before. Never no. a judge themed. Uh, <laughs> I guess bad movie, movie podcast. Night. We're gonna get thousands of listeners to this. <laughs> yes. Yes. People who have judge in their like yeah, a all Google the, hit all the, or whatever. Yeah. All the judge fanatics have been said, waiting uh, for this. I should have said uh, uh, that I was Judge Reinhold. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> anyway. we already made a Judge Reinhold joke. We only yeah. get one per episode. That's it. Yeah. Anyway, so the winner for uh, the listener request. Um, bad movie lottery um, was David, and so their their movie was the Life and Times of Judge Roy Bean from uh, 1972. Point of order. Point of order. <laughs> this movie is two hours long. That's true. <laughs> we said two hours. We said under two hours, but it's right on the cusp. Wait. All right. I'm gonna make some um, no Justin, amendments to yeah. the Constitution yeah. of the. Uh, I remember Justin like texted me. It was like the both of us, and it was like a close up of the running time, and it was two, two hours. hours. That is a lie. Yeah. It's right on the edge. Um, but uh, that's why I love yeah. to live. <laughs> so this is a movie that I'm guessing most people haven't heard of, um, but it has a lot of uh, famous people in it: Paul Newman, Anthony Perkins, um, Nate Beatty, Roddy McDowell, Stacy Keach. Oh, very briefly <laughs> I know. in albino makeup, and yeah, uh, Ava Gardner is in it briefly. Uh, and mm-hmm. um, I mean, it's a John Huston joint, the man who gave us um, such classics as African Queen, <laughs> Annie. Uh, tre- tre- Treasure of Sierra Madre. Yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, the Dead. I'm trying to think of his like bad movies. Uh, the Maltese Falcon. Yes, that's <laughs> not, not one of his bad one. ones. No, no. I mean, John Huston was a guy. He was like the ultimate journeyman who could like deliver a great film, but could also phone it in yeah. like it was nobody's business. Oh, you know what he also gave us? Angelica Houston. That's right. And, and, and Danny Houston. Danny Houston. Who does yeah. one hell of a John Houston impersonation. Does he really? Yeah, he actually um, dubs his father in The Other Side of the Wind, the film that John really? Houston stars in. Yep, the yeah. Orson Welles film. That was oh, that's great. Uh, Danny Houston, uh, most viewer, listeners, most viewers, <laughs> most listeners yeah, would if know. If you pay the $1,000 um, <laughs> Patreon, you, you get, get to, to see, see us. Into, uh, <laughs> us recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah they would know At all him. times. They would know him as uh, uh, Stryker from uh, X Men Origins. <laughs> Wolverine. Oh. Yes. That's where they would know Danny Houston yeah. as no, Striker. That's what I know him from. So he is a Houston. I thought it was he's just, Houston. I thought he just had the same last And he's name. like the bad guy in Wonder Woman, I think, too. Yeah, he is. No, yeah, that he was is. David one of the Thewlis. No. Uh, oh, there were two bad guys. Yeah, right. he's yeah. the German bad guy. Yeah. And yeah. then, ah, spoilers for Wonder Woman. Uh, <laughs> David, sorry. David Thewlis. A good guy? I'm David Thewlis. <laughs> oh my God, he's here in the room. <laughs> spoilers oh, for Wonder Woman. Okay, so Judge Roy Bean, this is a terrible movie. Right? No, I wouldn't say it's a terrible movie. It's it's. Wait, wait. Why are we doing it on this podcast? Then? I, I don't know. This is like too good. Yeah. Kind of for this movie. I mean, the listener actually said that it's one of his favorite movies of all time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this actually brings up that recently I was talking <laughs> on another podcast. I know I have to tell you guys, I have other ones. I'm sorry. I, I could have sworn you've never mentioned that before. <laughs> nope, I don't never. Know. I is that, that like every movie is someone's favorite movie? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I yeah. guess so. Because yeah. like watching Judge Roy Bean, I don't think 
you know, anyone would say like, this is one of my favorites, but you were looking on IMDb and there's tons of, uh, all the reviews are like reviews, nine out of 10, yeah. 10 yeah. out of 10. Older I think, people. I, I think, think it's one. Yeah. It's one of those things. Boomer that you, town. <laughs> okay. Boomer. Well, it's, it's, un, it's un, uh, deniable that, uh, an older crowd would probably get more out of this movie. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Uh, perhaps, you know, yeah. but also like people who mean? are, no. <laughs> the women aren't going to be swooning over Paul Newman. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we didn't even give the plot of this movie because well, it stars also, Paul Newman. I also wanted to say one of Paul Newman's favorite m- movies. Mm, this was yeah. his like passion what, project. What about Road to role? Perdition? Yeah. He's pretty good in that. He's great in that movie. Coming soon. 1917 uh, directed by the director of Road to Perdition. Sam <laughs> Mendes. Yeah. I'm all about advertising now. All these people have paid me to talk Wait, about these things. You have another podcast, Sam, the Sam Mendes podcast? The Sam Mendes podcast. The, yeah, it's the uh, Mendes, I don't know, hoedown, because he loves dancing. Does you he? wouldn't know about that from the guy who made Skyfall. It's weird. Skyfall. Yeah, you gotta listen to it. Skyfall and Spectre. Was there any dancing in Spectre? So much dancing. I remember, no yeah. dancing in American Beauty. Well, they did hire Christoph Waltz. Yeah, wah, that's wah, right. Wah. Oh. God. Have you been listening to my Mendes cast? All right, so what? is this movie about april um well (laughs) apparently it's based on a true story but it's like a folk tale if you will there's like a little thing at the beginning that's like these things are said to have happened who knows if they really happened i mean the judge roy bean was an actual historical character and he was a terrible human being racist sexist just awful yeah loved loved hanging people well supposedly he only uh hung one person but after he passed away he was known as a hanging judge okay in this movie there's a hanging about every five minutes Mm -hmm. yeah more so he, he, the Joel Silver rule, uh, hanging every five pages. So he arrives at this little town, and um, apparently he's like wanted by the law. Yeah, he's an outlaw at the beginning of the yeah, movie. Yeah, and mm. so then he, uh, a bunch of people hang him. They try to hang him by a horse, and they uh, they don't succeed. And so he goes back and kills everybody in this like little whorehouse I guess and then he decides I'm gonna make my own town and hang everybody I want to (laughs) and uh, he does this is the hero of our film Yep. He basically kidnaps like a Mexican lady mm-hmm. and uh but she's she's into it, so it's okay. Yeah, she, she this is uh <laughs> Victoria Principal. I think this right. is like her first role ever. I don't know who that is. Uh she was on was she on Falcon Crest or something? <laughs> okay. I think, I think she was I have heard of her. Mm-hmm. It was a dynasty. I can't remember. <laughs> anyway, she's a she's a big TV actress, mm. but this was like her first role. Did you watch Dynasty Colin? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. You were more of a um wait, was what's that it, one? It was more of a Dallas. Dallas. Yeah, I was gonna say Dallas. <laughs> That's a, who shot Jr? Oh my God, that was like that was like a phenomenon at the time. Was it Who shot Jr? Who shot Jr? Everybody, was, I was talking about it, and I didn't even watch the show. <laughs> and then you're like, it was all a dream. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then a bunch of kind of hijinks happen kind of very episodic movie yeah, yeah I was gonna say, there's really yeah. not one like major plot thread it's just what kind of happens as he d- develops this town over time and there's like two or three like very large jumps forward mm-hmm. um and they like worship a poster of a lady in a very weird almost Jesus-like way, specifically <laughs> Paul Newman. Well, uh, everybody gets in, in, in a- into it. it yeah, didn't yeah. you have a poster in your room, April, that you loved and you worshipped at all times? Well, not worshipped, but okay. Yeah. What was your favorite poster on the wall? I had a Marilyn Manson. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's not that bad. Not, Colin? Yeah. 
What, in my room? Yeah, RoboCop up on the wall? Or? Yeah, I had RoboCop. I, I, had... I also had a giant Donnie Darko one. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I had RoboCop, uh, Predator. Corky Romano. Predator. Predator. And Probably in, Indiana Jones, I would say. Indiana Jones and yeah. Temple of Doom. You know, I had my Raiders one up for a while. I've now got them hanging in my... Scarface. My no, God. <laughs> no, you're only the cool thing. Yeah. What Last about, Starfighter. What about you, Justin? Uh, Space Hunter and the Forbidden Zone. Me? I don't... Did I have posters? My mom, every Christmas, would get me like a Lord of the Rings poster. She'd get framed, and that would just go up on my... I had some Star Wars ones as well, like the original like um, painted oh, okay. posters. Yeah, yeah. So I had those, but that was pretty much it. I had a Rules of Attraction poster of all the Beanie Babies having sex with each other that was inside my locker. <laughs> oh, that's and I think funny. it was the only thing inside my locker. That was your boner poster. Yeah, that's You're right. Like, yeah. When I need a little bit of a pick-me-up during classes. I don't, rem- classes. I don't remember Beanie Babies being in Rules of Attraction. Attraction. No, there isn't. It but there was like a the teaser poster. It was oh. just like a bunch of I them in like, sex positions. This is what's happening in the movie, but yeah. we can't show you. Wow, that's lame. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so Judge Roy Bean, a uh, bunch of stuff happens. And what was your favorite part, Colin? <laughs> well, it's got to be the performances. And I think, look, this this movie lives and dies on on Paul Newman's performance. Almost like and, a John Houston impersonation. Uh, yeah, he's Maybe. very kind of... He's, yeah, he's talking low in his voice and he has a John Houston beard. Yeah, John Houston actually shows up in this movie mm-hmm. as Grizzly Adams. Uh, if any of you have seen... That uh, was uh, Daniel Day Lewis's impersonation of John Houston in uh, There Will Be Blood. Yes, that's right. And he kind of talked like this, you see. Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, I mean, everyone's seen Chinatown, so yeah, you've seen John course. Houston. There you go, yeah. <laughs> um, Coming soon to Netflix, prequel directed by David Fincher. Oh, Jesus. Whoa. <laughs> so, yeah, so Paul Newman, you're right. Like, it lives and dies on him because it is such a, like, a sprawling kind of yeah. meandering story. And he's such a piece of shit, horrible awful person it's so bad to everybody if it didn't have somebody this charming mm-hmm. you know kind of like but he's a jerk and I know but, but that's the know. idea is that you get somebody that everybody associates look at those kind eyes yeah and exactly you get it and it, him it, acting like a jerk exactly it's like we were talking uh, about uh, staying alive you know he was such he was such an asshole but, <laughs> but it's like so oh charming. he's got that Travolta charm and it kind of carries him through <laughs> yeah. if it wasn't him he'd be a psychopath and this this movie was written by John Milius speaking of psychopaths yeah. <laughs> <laughs> actually I, every time I hear uh, John Milius' name I feel bad because you know he had a stroke right yeah recently and he lost his ability to speak and read yeah mm. I heard about that there's like a documentary mm. on him that I, I haven't seen I think it's just yet. called Milius yeah I think so yeah, but he, he, he's like a larger than life character Character. He was like a, uh, I think it was like American Zoetrope with uh, Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah, he's a guy that was like right wingish. Like he loved like guns and the army, even though he's a guy that was never in the army. Yeah, <laughs> uh, kind of like Ted Nugent. Yeah, he wrote the original draft of Apocalypse Now. Yeah, when him and George Lucas right. were going to uh, go to the jungles of Vietnam yeah, to of make course. it. He's like a loud, boisterous kind of character, mm-hmm. and literally uh, John Goodman's character in The Big Lebowski was based on him. Yeah, looks exactly like him. You know, you know that. Um, uh, Seth Rogen plays him in Zeroville, the James Franco film. Really? That's based on a book that like John Mulis is a main character. Oh. He's never called by his name. He's known as the Viking. That's funny. So he was he was kind of set to direct this movie, mm-hmm. and I don't think he'd ever directed before this. And then the studio realized like, yeah, we don't kind of trust you with this. So we're going to like buy you out. They paid him like 300 grand, gave it to John Houston. Which is weird because John Mulis would go on to direct a pretty epic. His first film was that uh, Sean Connery one, I believe. Uh, I forget what it's called. It's kind of like Lawrence of Arabia-ish. Very oh, pulpy. It's uh, like the, something man, so- the Man Who Would Be King. No, The Man Who Would Be King would be, was directed by John Houston. Was it really? Yeah, I get those two confused. The Michael Caine. No, uh, it's another one. It's like the sword and the horse or something like that. Oh. I can't remember what it is. Someone's like typing incessantly. You don't need to let us know. Okay, we'll, okay. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, but... 
Yeah, John Milius is also known for writing 1941, which I didn't yeah. want to do in December. And writing and directing Conan the Barbarian. Conan the Barbarian and Red Dawn. Uh, right, yeah. And then he did like a bunch of other ones, like Flight of the Intruder, and he did right. like a Nick Nolte one that nobody really cares about. But <laughs> he was part of like that movie brat gang. Yeah, for sure. It was like him, Scorsese, Lucas, Spielberg, mm-hmm. oh. uh, and Francis like, Ford Coppola. This movie is definitely an extension of like Milius's persona, which is like just kind of, you know, boisterous men's men. Yeah. Especially at one point, the narration's like, and then women got the vote and everything went, went to, to hell. hell. <laughs> uh, so that movie was called Farewell to the King. Farewell to the King. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah so, groovy. Uh, originally, he had written it for Lee Marvin, mm. which which I, I can totally see. Lee Marvin, would have been. See <laughs> he runs that line. You of, got of any like, more paint? <laughs> yeah, pick up a cab. <laughs> Lee Marvin, I love Lee Marvin. He's very charismatic. You paint your wagon. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> and, Save it uh, for another musical episode. So apparently he gave the script to Lee Marvin. Lee Marvin was in a movie at the time with Paul Newman. Mm. And Lee Marvin got was supposed to read the script, got drunk, got drunk and passed out. And Paul Classic Newman, Lee Marvin. And Paul Newman found the script and loved it and like petitioned for mm. this role. And the studio was like, yeah. So uh, John Milius like, hated the movie, hated what John... Uh, really? Was, yeah. I wonder he said what would have been different. He said it was uh, supposed to be more gritty and he hated the fact that they got this baby blue-eyed Paul Newman pretty boy. like, fan-loving person. Yeah, it was supposed to be... Fan-loving person? Sorry, the fans love him. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not he, that he loves fans. He loves his fans, too. Haven't you yeah. seen Newman's Own? He said that like, they turned it into this pretty boy Beverly Hills mm. Western where he wanted it to be, like, about this sort of unflinching bastard, you know, oh, okay. you know yeah, that kind of, yeah. like, forged the Old West and, you know... I mean, because that's, like, what the whole thesis of the film is, is, like, this yeah. guy created the West as we know it. Yeah. And yeah. then he he went beyond it, but still tried to hold on. He was, a, you know, the the Western time was kind of ending. You mm. know, he was like a man. He's a man's man, if yeah. you will. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What was your favorite um, part, April? Well, before I get into that, I just want to say, I think that maybe the reason this movie didn't really connect with me is that I just don't watch Westerns. Oh, I love Westerns. Um, I thought today, like, I, I bet I could, like, count... Le- I bet I've seen like less than 10 Westerns what? in my life. So you know what I did today? I made a list of all the Westerns that I could remember seeing. And I'm going to read it right now. I thought you said you were going to make a list that you were going to then watch. <laughs> no, no. So these are all the Westerns that I can remember seeing. Five of them are John Carpenter films. Bone Tomahawk. Yep. Um, True Grit, the newer one, the mm-hmm. Coen Brothers one. Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Django Unchained. Duel in the Sun. <laughs> Uh, Bad Day at Black Rock. Duel in the Sun? What did not, you watch it, Duel in the uh, Sun? Film School. Oh, this okay. the next couple. Bad Day at Black Rock, Film School. McCabe and Mrs. Miller. Yeah, that I was at Film kind of School. A Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Mm-hmm. Wild Wild West. Wild oh, yeah. West. And Cannibal the Musical. And which one? <laughs> there's like, there's a few, the like, I think, shaky ones on there. Seven, okay, eight, okay. One that's more ten. Western. That's there, ten. There's not even one spaghetti Western in that. Mm. I know. A so, of dollars. So by that, I mean to say, I'm not sure I really get like what like tropes and like themes are common to this genre so when this movie i think was trying to kind of either play to them or subvert them or make fun of them i'm not sure i got it Mm -hmm. because there were a lot of scenes where i couldn't tell if it was supposed to be funny or not i think it's supposed Um, to be funny i think it's supposed to be like silly 
yeah. like what you're seeing it's kind of exaggerated I wasn't too sure though this is know. like in the time where it was all the revisionist westerns like McCabe and Mrs. Miller mm-hmm. and like Clint Eastwood was, was even making stuff like um, High Plains Drifter which had like more of a supernatural angle to things oh yeah he was like and, the devil yeah he was the devil yeah, right. of someone that had been killed and it's mm-hmm. kind of like taking what people had known for like decades before that and just yeah. kind of like deconstructing like this is how it really is it's kind of like a joke most of the time yeah it was kind mm-hmm. of like a satire and like the the humor the tonally it was kind of a little all over the place all over well, the place the yeah. end it's just like straight up like shoot shoot him up yeah. the last scene and, and, and I was like, like well where's the comedy in this yeah it's like kind of satirical in parts and then you know it's pretty bloody at the beginning when and he goes in and like kills everybody funny, yeah. then there's like funny music playing while it's yeah, happening there is. so it's totally a little yeah, I mean, strange speaking of funny music funny music oh yeah we well, have a <laughs> montage this was like a few years uh, after Butch Cassidy and Sundance it Kid was, mm-hmm. yeah. so Rain and this is another yeah on my head. so everybody knows the the famous kind of montage sequence in that uh, when he's riding around on the mm-hmm. on the bicycle to raindrops keep falling on my head. This one, this is another thing that John Milley has hated. Was mm. the they try to recreate that for some reason in this movie, and they have a horrible Andy Williams song. <laughs> I think it's called Marmalade, Molasses, and Honey. Yes, and how it does was, it go? I don't, I, I don't know. It was it's when like, uh, they go on the little like yeah, picnic yeah, yeah. montage with the bear. Marmalades, molasses, <laughs> and honey. Put it in your mouth. <laughs> Nominated it, it. for an Oscar. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, best original song is a thing where it's like. <laughs> Who wrote original songs this year? Yeah, it's probably I two. guess we're gonna give it to this. this. Is all yeah. that was that came out. Um, but anyway, my favorite part is, of course, the bear. Um, maybe, mm. maybe the Bart best. The bear? Yeah, maybe the best character in the movie. I think it was Bruno the bear. Bruno the bear. Yep. The bear is on IMDb. Bart's, Bart's um, kind of rambunctious <laughs> uncle. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't know what happened. There was like a like a carriage of animals and. Uh, that was at Grizzly Adams. Grizzly Adams, yeah. John Houston, I think he gifts the, the bear to I thought to the bear Paul just Newman. fell off the back and then right. he drove just away. Just like bears do. Yeah, yeah so do. this bear, I just, I hope it wasn't mistreated on set. I know it was a long time ago. No, it was Hollywood. It wasn't that long ago. They probably had like uh, PETA and stuff like that. Okay, good. Because this bear is very well trained and mm-hmm. it is like, like like rolled off the the carriage and then like tumbled and then like got up and like Paul Newman is like talking to it and then later it gets drunk and it's like drinking out of beer bottles with two hands and well Paul Newman punches it at one point yeah um but it was really funny John Milius it was loves really his heroes punching animals yeah yeah but like he's like yelling right in its face mm. and like Paul Newman really like went there that yeah. bear was like right up in his face I'm sure yeah screaming. it's probably very well trained it this is the, a... uh, the same bear that was in a TV show called Gentle Ben oh the same bear yeah the same bear uh, <laughs> no. starring think of that Simpsons joke starring no Ben no <laughs> <laughs> it's like how we talk to our cat <laughs> what is this like Gentle Ben and he's like a talk show host <laughs> yeah and he goes for the craft services table <laughs> Ooh, we're having technical difficulties. What would you do if Colin showed up and he's like, I got a bear. He's like, I just picked him off off the street. Very well trained. And he like looks at you. It's very cute. And then when you leave the room, it's like, I'm not really a bear. I'm a man in a bear suit. But it's more be more likely that he brought home a capybara because we had capybaras loose in Toronto. Yeah, that was true two years ago. Oh yeah, because they escaped from the uh, the shitty zoo. They kind of look like bears. And then everyone, as soon as they heard that or googling what the hell a capybara is <laughs> <laughs> kind of like big rats um but anyway 
I would recommend looking up a supercut of the bear scenes of this movie if it exists on YouTube. Well, because, if it doesn't, April's got to do yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> because uh, I hate to spoil it, but the bear does not survive the movie, well, and uh, it's really sad. Yeah, I know. Don't worry. I made the entry in uh, doesthebearsurvive.com. <laughs> yeah, uh, but the bear was great, and it was a great character. It just, I what, what I thought was kind of funny is that you know he killed like a bajillion people up until this point, and they just get like wooden crosses, but the bear gets mm-hmm. like a stone effigy. <laughs> G yeah. <laughs> that probably took months to make. That's um, very funny. It was it was cute. My favorite part is definitely the Red Dead Redemption time jump at the end of the movie. Oh where yeah, I'm like, wait, is Judge Roy being gone? <laughs> yeah, like I mean, he's not. I would have liked it if he, he would have been gone. That would be interesting. It, it feels like they was. jump ahead to the 1930s. Yeah, because I was looking at the time and I'm like, there's still 25 minutes left to this movie. Yeah, it kind of jumps ahead. He has a, a, a baby girl mm-hmm. with the Mexican uh, Victoria Principal. Yeah, quote unquote Mexican Victoria Principal. And then he has a British daughter. Funny enough. Uh, yeah. <laughs> She's book learned. She's like a famous actress. Uh, Jacqueline Bisset. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Jacqueline Bisset. And, and she's, I'm, uh, I'm like, wait Jacqueline a minute. Bisset? She's French, isn't yeah, she? She's English. Oh. Uh, so I'm like, there's something up with her accent. Oh, I knew she was up. British the minute yeah, she's I heard like, her. Hello, I'm yeah. Judge Roy Bean's daughter. I say, I'm Rose Bean. She was <laughs> trying to do a southern accent. Yeah. Mm. It didn't quite work, but she's very pretty, so I guess who cares? There you go. Yeah, so that whole, it kind of jumps ahead, and then now she's the main character. Yeah, the she's movie. the main character. Uh, Ned Beatty is still around from, uh, you know, the... The, Ned Beatty. Western times. He took some of that super soldier serum. Yeah. And he's going to live forever. That's a that's yeah. a deep cut for anybody uh, who listened to all of our episodes. And he's like, uh, uh, can you stop the wagon? I'm going to be sick. <laughs> I tell you, Ned Beatty, uh, Captain America is the only thing I ever remember seeing him in. Did you make a list? You're like, these are all the Ned Beatty films he said, I've Colin seen. said Superman, but I don't remember him being in that. Yeah, so yeah he's Gene into. Hackman's like um, bumbling sidekick. Otis, yeah. Otis and in don't Deliverance. Remember. Uh, spoiler, he gets raped. Still, <laughs> yes. still haven't Not seen Deliverance. Um, and then you've got Roddy McDowell, who turns out to be the bad guy in the end. He kind of takes over the town. Yeah, and he like brings the gas people in, right? Or oil. Oh, I yeah. love Roddy McDowell. Yeah, so He's basically this, he this, is, good, this yeah. is like about the kind of changing times. So by the time Judge Roy Bean comes back, it... It, people are shooting Tommy guns. I don't know. He's like <laughs> they put him in. They put him in the bear cage. <laughs> yeah. And know, then he's like, okay. Do you know that Roddy McDowell narked out uh, a bunch of people because he was famously a, a film collector, so he would collect film cans, mm-hmm. and individuals are supposedly not allowed to have those, or at that time they weren't allowed to like own films. So the police found him, and they're like, where? you got to tell us who gave you those because they're making pirate copies of them as well. And he just like spilled his guts. Really? Yeah, he did. So wow. did he get off because he let, he did. He knocked on everybody yep, else? He did. And they took away his whole film collection as well. Oh so. man. You know what? He deserved Shockma. <laughs> Shockma! <laughs> Over and out. Shocking audiences everywhere. <laughs> Another bit of trivia is Anthony Perkins had an affair with Victoria, Victoria Principal. Principal, apparently. Really? Yeah, this is yeah. like a very... I'd never seen Anthony Perkins in anything other than Psycho. So this is like an interesting... <laughs> Did you make a list? No, <laughs> sorry, Psycho and Psycho 2. What yeah. about Psycho 3? Uh, and he's also in Psycho 4 in the wraparound segment. He directed Psycho 3. Yeah, he did, and he's also in it. Um, but yeah, so he was famously, I think, gay up to this point and had an affair with Victoria Principal on set. Yeah, I wonder what the famously is because like... 
you can't you put I, it, I, I don't think you could to. you could be out in Hollywood in the 1960s well I think it was like common knowledge common knowledge but yeah. obviously yeah. like but he wasn't out in any way yeah, yeah. not publicly yeah. anyway um, but like did I they get did they, did they get married him and Victoria Principle <laughs> no he <laughs> of course April they made love they must have gotten married <laughs> he ended up marrying uh, some other girl his, yeah. his son Oz Perkins is now a director yes he is he directed The Black Coat's Daughter The Black Coat's Daughter Victoria Principle's son I, no, I don't think so. I don't think they ever had children. <laughs> yeah. Monogamy. We fell in love. Nothing happened with Victoria Prince. <laughs> yeah, it was a real Chasing Amy style situation. <laughs> He's like, I just uh, can't be married to a TV actress. Yeah. You know that uh, Anthony Perkins wrote The Last of the Sheila? Did you guys ever see that movie? Uh. Him and Steven Soddenheim? Because that's like a mystery film, kind of like the upcoming Knives Out. This episode is brought to you by Knives Out. Huh. Oh. And uh, The Last of the Sheila, uh, Anthony Perkins and Steven, Steven Soddenheim would have like mystery games like they loved it that was the thing they loved the most so really? they adapted one of the games into a movie that oh. came out in the 70s yeah you should check it out you probably like it that sounds huh. fun like clue kind of yeah exactly exactly <laughs> like clue like an agatha christie mystery huh. i love anthony perkins he's such like a weird screen presence he is and yeah. he's so weird in this but he's great he's really really good and he's only on scene for like like sorry on screen for one scene yeah and you know it makes me so wonder because like there's like a playfulness to the movie mm-hmm. and was that President John Miller's like Anthony Perkins talks to the camera and he like narrates yeah, this part that, of the movie that, there should have been more of that yeah, there it been was more at the that. beginning and also there's like now this might be a western thing there's like this like <laughs> Shakespearean way of talking that's very I think very so, yeah. flowery well that's yeah. John Milius through and yeah, through probably. like he okay. loves that Shakespearean you, like Baroque big like, dialogue like, yeah like I'm gonna have a monologue mm. about something yeah that's yeah. pure Milius yeah. if you've ever seen Death Deadwood, the TV show. Yeah, that's how everybody that's all talks. that is. Yeah. Uh, another Western. Wait, that was also on the list. I watched <laughs> another Western. I saw a season one of Westworld. Oh yeah, yeah. That's actually counts as a Western. Sci-fi. You ever see Future World, the sequel to Westworld, the movie? No. Yeah, Yul Brenner didn't come back for that was one. That Peter uh, Fonda. I think it's Peter Fonda. You know what? I think Yul Brenner is in it in a dream sequence. Is he? Oh yeah, you're There's right. There's like some like sex scene with the, with the lead <laughs> actress. Like yeah, I got to take my pants off. Um, so what did you say your favorite part was? I said the time jump. The time where jump. Where suddenly like all these outlaws are just gunning down cops. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like cowboys and gangsters mm-hmm. from like the 1930s like mm-hmm. fighting it up and uh, yeah, there's big explosions. Yeah. So at the end of the movie, Ava Gardner shows up who was... Who's, who's Miss like Lily. got a headlining credit at the beginning of the movie? <laughs> She's in it for five, Gabo, five minutes. Gabo, Gabo, <laughs> yeah. well, waiting for Ava Gardner to show up. Yeah, it's true. I she shows like up at the it. end, and she's like, "Oh, there was a whole town dedicated to me." And then she reads about it, and then it ends. Yep. She's, a, she's just like a end. she's like a famous. She actually plays like a real person. Yes, uh, a, a famous Lily, socialite, Lily Langtree. She was like a mm-hmm. singer producer. Uh, that for some reason Joy, uh, Roy Bean is like obsessed with her. And has, um, like, Roy Roy Bean is mad. Yes, he was drunk. He was mad at the bear for licking the poster. Oh, okay. <laughs> and right. then the bear dies. So this is how much he was obsessed with this woman. Right. And then he goes to see her. He like uh, gets all dolled up and goes to town. And <laughs> yeah, he gets he gets uh, taken advantage of and never yeah. does get to see her. Gets robbed by Anthony Zerba. Or Zervi. He was very easily duped in that situation. <laughs> yeah. Like Anthony some sketchy guys like, hey, you want to meet her? Like come to this dark alley. <laughs> yeah. Uh Anthony Zerby's been in like a million things. Mm. Like in the Matrix sequels. He's he's <laughs> he's like the, the mayor of Zion or whatever the hell you call it. Zion. Uh, yeah. yeah. He's Can in like check my tattoo. I have it right here. <laughs> well, so just a little final thought on Roy Bean. 
it wasn't my kind of movie, but if you like Westerns, if you like Paul Newman, and if what we have said sounds interesting, I would check it out. I do like Paul Newman, but I'm not like, I think, I don't know. I haven't seen any of his movies. Yeah, wait, you like Paul Newman, but you haven't seen any of his movies. (laughs) I know. I love his salad dressing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Newman's Own. This isn't a bad movie. It's just it's it's long and it's it's a little short on plot and there's interesting things in it, but I would say it's just not for me because I don't think westerns are for me Mm -hmm. in general. But uh, I feel like some, apparently a lot of people like it. And also, by the way, this was a huge flop at the box office, mm-hmm. um, which is... Uh, John Millitz is like, you should have had uh, me as the director! Yeah, I remember uh, it was one of the reasons listed in IMDb that John Millitz became a director was so he could avoid a situation like this. It was <laughs> for yeah. self-defense so he could like stick up for himself yeah. and... and, and Direct to the crew. I think the title too is just too long. Mm-hmm. Like people, yeah, yeah. it probably wouldn't even fit on the the marquee. And yeah. people were like, "What is that?" Like it doesn't say what it is. If yeah. it was called like Roy Bean, if oh, it was man. called like JRB, the hang the yeah. hanging judge or something like that, <laughs> then maybe the hanging judge and the bear. Then <laughs> yeah, oh, kind of oh, like BJ. That's a lot more bear though. If it was yeah. called the hanging judge and the bear. That would be amazing. Kind of like BJ and the bear. Remember that TV show? <laughs> yeah. Nope. From the 80s. April, don't say yes because you never watched BJ and the Bear. I know, don't <laughs> oh, it's from the 80s. I think it was Greg Evigan from t- of Tech War fame. He was he was a truck driver and he had a he had a monkey sidekick. And <laughs> was there a bear? The chimp was named Bear. Oh, okay. Oh, so it was called BJ and the Bear. Okay. Just go. for new listeners, when uh, Colin says it was from the 80s, that no. means that me and April have not seen it because Colin is 30 <laughs> years older Pro- than both of us. I'm talking that. to all of the Judge Roy Bean fans out there who probably know. We're speaking to the audience at large. Who know about all the 60-year-olds and plus. Mm-hmm. So the second movie that we watched, what was it, April? It was about another famous cinematic judge. <laughs> Um, Possibly the most famous Judge Judy, Judge Doom, uh, Judge, Judge Doom, Judge Dredd. So scary. <laughs> Judge Dredd. When I saw Judge Doom as a kid, I was like, I can't watch that Nightmare Town. <laughs> the <laughs> tomb that killed your brother. Oh yeah, that's the, right. this one not so scary. Um, well, it's Sylvester. Sli- Look into Sylvester Stallone's <laughs> eyes. <laughs> yeah, his contact lenses. contact lenses so blue. So this was a movie, Judge Dredd, nineteen ninety-five. Not the not the. Good Dread movie. Dread no, called Dread. Dread, which uh, everybody <laughs> it was should watch. Dread 3D when it first. Yeah, it was <laughs> just uh, like Piranha 3DD. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, uh, so this is 1995. This is the Sylvester Stallone joint, uh, directed by Danny Cannon. <laughs> As the credits say, a Sylvester Stallone joint. <laughs> a Sylvester Stallone joint. Yeah, he actually narrates the credits. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he just no, like, when they come me. up, he's like, Guys, Stallone. That was James Earl Jones. Right? Oh, that's right at the beginning. No. Oh, he's just which is so weird that he he's just not in the movie, but like let's just get him to narrate. It's just like yeah, I like, have a feeling that was the time where it's like every, yeah, every narration. James Earl Jones. Yeah. yeah. How are we gonna get to read this gobbly gook? You know, at least there. What? Wait, did I miss it? Was there like a scrolling there was. text? Yeah. Uh, no. Was like in, in the, the future. Year. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Judges. All the blah, cities blah, blah. are one city. Yeah, you're a mega city. You're in the kitchen getting chili, by the yeah, way. Yeah, mm, that chili was <laughs> delicious. Um, Judge Roy Bean chili made with Paul Newman's own. <laughs> he should have his own line of beans. He should. Judge Roy Bean. Bean. <laughs> Uh, and it's like Paul Newman on the on the can. So it could be like next a, to a hanging corpse. It could be like co-owned by like him and like Michael Bean and Sean Bean. Oh, so it's like the Bean Beans. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> even though Bean's not even spelled Bean. Every, every oh, can of Sean Bean's beans you get, he's like dying in a different way on the can. Ooh, you got to get the the very rare pushed off a cliff by cows maybe, maybe can. Maybe Roy Bean could be like hanging, hanging Sean Bean. Yeah, but he was grow- a bear. Growing up, me and my cousin used to call him Seen Bean. Um, oh, Seen Bean. That's how it's spelled. Wait, so you didn't know how to spell Sean? No, well, Sean. No, I didn't. I Sean Malteen. Sean has many, many spellings. That's the the, mm. the Gaelic spelling. My dad's name was S E A N. And everyone called him Seen. And anytime, oh, really? yeah, he got phone calls. It would be, can I speak to Seen? Because every time I've seen S E A N, it's always yeah. Sean to me. Yeah, it is. Yeah. See, I'd never heard that because it's just from like you know white suburban Canadian you yeah. know town. Yeah, I <laughs> uh, didn't know any scenes. Sean would be S H A W N. Yeah, that's or, right. Like or S H U N or S H A W. Yeah, that's what A W N. I'm just repeating what you said. Okay. All right, wait, wait. Judge Dredd. Let's get back to it. Okay. So who directed this movie? Danny Cannon. Danny Cannon. So this is like a young guy. I remember seeing his first movie called The Young Americans. It was like a really small like British film. Somehow, I guess he was a big fan of 2080 comics. And I mean, he's to... in the UK. If people don't know what 2080 comics are, there were a weekly comic strip in the UK that I think has existed since the 70s. Like I, the mid 70s. I want to say yeah. so. Yeah, it was kind of like heavy metal ish. Yeah, because uh, heavy metal was French, metal right. hurlant, yeah. which does not translate to heavy metal. That actually translates to screeching metal. Mm, oh. But that didn't sound as good, I no. guess. <laughs> and so uh, 2000 AD, its biggest star was this Judge Dredd fellow, a right. fascist, dirty, hairy parody. That's yeah. where he started as. Which, uh, uh, I, Robocop completely ripped off. Mm. Like that whole like style and tone and look. Yeah. Um, Ed Newmyer's like Judge who? Never yeah. heard of it before. Yeah, Unless so- you're talking about Judge Roy Bean, my favorite movie <laughs> of all time. We can admit it. Edward Edward Newmyer won the draw. <laughs> yeah. So this was, I suppose, supposed to have come out in the '80s, and then when RoboCop came out, kind of beat them to the punch. Huh, I wonder who would have directed it in the '80s. I have no idea. I think I recently read this that like. Uh, Paul Verhoeven was given a bunch of Judge Dredd comics by Ed Newmyer, the screenwriter, for him to understand what the tone of RoboCop was. I get you. Yeah. And so, yeah, uh, this big, long-running comic, and of course, Hollywood gets its mitts on it. What are they ripping off? Like, what was the hit that is prompting Judge Dredd? I'm sure there is one. Yeah, probably like, I don't know, two years before that, there was Demolition Man. Didn't Demolition Man, didn't it flop? It didn't do very well. Demolition Man did pretty well, Oh, it did well? Yeah, as far as I remember. I don't know if it was a big hit, but, Mm. you know. And so uh, this movie comes out, a young three-year-old Colin gets a seat in the theaters. (laughs) I was was already working in the VFX industry at this time. You were working on that industry. And so I was really really looking forward to this at the the time it came out. you never read the comics. Right, it's not really a North American. Never phenomenon. read the comics, but I was aware of it. And mm. you have like Judge Dredd and Judge Death and all that sort of stuff because I, I had some British comics uh, when I was a kid that advertised them. I think. Yeah. So I was familiar with it, and then you know the poster, the infamous poster, it would be all around Toronto on the streetcar uh, stops on the shelters, and it would be Stallone's face and the Judge Dredd mask. But he, he was wearing—you can Google it; it's funny. It looks like he's wearing like red uh, like <laughs> lipstick. lipstick. Or, like, you guys aren't. You guys aren't going to get a close-up of this, are you? And they're like, no, no, no. It'll be a big body shot. Uh, He's got glossy, slug. glossy red lips. It's really funny. And so this movie, um, does it have its fans? I think it does, right? Probably. Rob Schneider. <laughs> Rob Schneider. Okay, so Judge Dredd, fascist super cop, movie opens. Mm-hmm. The only good scene in the movie, I would say. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. It, gets, it gets right into it. Yeah. 
where Rob Schneider arrives from. I don't know where he arrives from. I think from. he's just getting out of prison mm. or something, or he's relocated to yeah. like Mega City Mega One. Mega City or... One, which is this giant city. Even though that the film never really gives you a sense that it's supposed to be like the size of like mass, like unimaginably huge. They kind of talk. I, I can't remember if they mention it in the opening. I call. think they do. Yeah, that it's it's it's, it's supposed called, to hold like sixty five million people or something it's like called that. Called Mega City. Yeah, Mega yes. City One, because there's Mega City Two and Mega City Three. So you know it's big. Yeah, yep, that's right. But you really only ever see like one street, street and then <laughs> yeah, there's like much. a flying sequence, which is like from that scene in Attack of the Clones, where they're yeah. on the flying cars. It looks like that. Uh, oh, don't you yeah. mean the Fifth Element? <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know who that is an insult to, but that's the only <laughs> other. It's the only other scene where you're getting like the scope of the city. Which the Fifth is, Element one looked actually fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really good. Uh, speaking of ripping off people, Mobius. Yeah. Uh, so yeah so Judge Dredd fascist super cop I keep saying this because there's not much more to this movie no and like what Judge Dredd is known for is that he's a hero but he's also kind of a bad guy because he sticks too much to the law yeah and that he never takes his helmet off there's no that is the one rule of Judge Dredd what does this movie do 10 minutes in takes his helmet oh, off. No. I remember I was telling these guys before uh, before the movie started that when I was in the theater and he took us helmet off people started booing so <laughs> I, guess, I guess that means that everyone in the theater was a Judge Dredd fan already uh, and not know. just like hey let's go see the new Sylvester Stallone uh, yeah, I probably. Wonder. I don't know at the time I mean they must have shown his face in the trailers and yeah, commercials he, of course they to, did because yeah. he has his helmet off the entire time what does the move at one point he uh, kind of knocks out a judge puts the costume on and then his helmet gets knocked off 10 seconds later yeah he's, yeah, he's well, because he has to have the big reveal yes it's me yeah and they have the, the big, yeah the camera goes around him like it does a yeah, 360 dead. around who do you think it was uh, it's like yeah. well it's a message to low I wonder if there was a version where like Arnold Schwarzenegger played Judge Dredd I remember it was supposed he was it was supposed to be him yeah I can't remember the connection with some other director well at that time there Paul were only Verhoeven. like so oh. many like of these like big 80s action people well, it, mm-hmm. you know and like this was a period in the 90s Colin can speak to this um, <laughs> is that it was all about like futuristic kind of adaptations I'm thinking of like Super Mario Brothers yeah and I was getting that vibe from mm-hmm. just the sets although yeah. this isn't as obnoxious I actually kind of <laughs> I actually prefer Super Mario Brothers after Dungeon oh Dread. really I yeah no I, I, as a movie now but I, I kind of liked the set design in this like the production mm-hmm. design to it's an kind of like generic Blade Runner right it, it kind of is it's very Blade Runner and yeah. like you had commented Justin at the sort of intro you see Rob Schneider's POV as he's sort of flying he thinks he's getting located to this amazing uh apartment building yeah you know with all these like babes swimming he's Mm. like yeah that's my new pad or whatever but it's like that sort of mid-period between practical and cg yeah the cg does not look good they hadn't quite figured out how to mesh them together properly Mm -hmm. so so you get some really amazing model work i think like practical stuff in this movie is Amazing. That, that your favorite part? That's going to be my favorite thing is the prosthetics and the animatronics. Like the, <laughs> okay, you're stealing everything. <laughs> Whatever. I got I got a favorite thing. Yeah. Ar- Armand Asante. Asante. Star of Silence of the Hams. Is he that, knows he knows what movie he's in. Is that the part in, uh, do you remember in the Santa Claus where he gets the list and then the first name on the list is Armand Asante? <laughs> I, I could be, I could be. That was one for I'm, the fans. I'm asking Justin because you know I, that I movie. I don't remember the Santa Claus. Well, I know you're going to watch it this christmas That's, i am not gonna watch it this christmas i thought you watched it every christmas <laughs> no well i guess it's just me well it's on disney plus people so you gotta watch it now this episode brought to you by disney plus check out <laughs> um, the mandalorian <laughs> i i believe that's what i believe it's it's it's, it's a joke because he has two that's a good that's a good gag <laughs> yeah See, that is a the good santa gag. claus is a 
is actually good. <laughs> what? No, it um, isn't. So, uh, Uh-oh, I'm I like in trouble. It. I like it. <laughs> I'm in big trouble. But uh, this is like the exact opposite of Judge Roy Bean, where there's so many good actors in these small performances. Here there are no good performances except Armando Sante. Oh, I disagree. He knows exactly yeah. what movie. Yeah. No! He's he the Gina Gershon of up. this movie. Oh, and he's he just like... I'm so Wait, over the, the top. The Gina Gershon? Gina Gershon and Showgirls. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or also okay. um, uh, <laughs> the Dungeons and Dragons. What was it? Uh, the, uh, Jeremy, uh, Irons. Jeremy Irons and oh, Dungeons yeah, and Dragons. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's a movie I've not seen since I saw it in theaters <laughs> for my birthday. Oh, but that's it. That's, all three of those are villains. And it's funny yeah. how it's like, it's almost like a free pass to be crazy and silly. And the people who are supposed to be the heroes are just playing it too straight. Yeah. You know, I, I, well, near the end of the movie, I thought like, it's about like clones and brothers and yeah. it would have made sense if like Sylvester Stallone, if he wanted to show his big old face mm-hmm. that he should have just played the villain. And then judge yeah. Dredd never takes his helmet off. Yeah. That makes so much more Rico sense. Mm-hmm. And just make them identical brothers. Yeah. Rico. Yeah. So basically the movie revolves around this, the Janus Janus Project. Yeah, Janus, Janus. Project. Um, Sounds like anus. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, named after the singer uh, Janus Joplin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's how I said it. I never met anybody named Janus before. <laughs> so it's basically an experimental program that the judges came up with to create this like Uber judge. Mm-hmm. So they took mm-hmm. uh, like DNA from all the top judges. Yeah, Max von um, Max, von, Max von Sydow and Jürgen Pronk. Prunch now? Pr- yeah, the Prunch German now. go-to before Czech Cario and uh, Jean yeah. Renault came on the scene. Yeah, well, I think, well, these two, I mean, we Max von Sydow is great in this movie. I think he, just, he does a good Yeah, I mean, Max von Sydow, he's always great, he's right? Always he just great. shows up and he does his Pretty thing. Much. True, he has a gravitas that somehow works. Exactly. He's not playing it goofy, he's mm. playing it straight, and it, like, it, it gives it, like, a, I don't know, something, yeah. classes it up a little bit. I mean, like, the big issue with this movie, other than, like, the tone, which is super mm. goofy, uh, Rob Schneider just cracking one-liners. Also, Sylvester Stallone's awful one-liner where he's yeah. like, um, "I knew you'd do that." Or I, do, what, I knew you'd say that. Yeah, that's like what a what what a ten-year-old says, right? <laughs> like yeah. that is not a Judge Dredd catchphrase. Yeah, all of his one-liners are terrible. Ugh, in this movie. Awful. Is that it's a movie where it's like you're excited to see Judge Dredd, and then the movie's like, "Oh, he doesn't get to be Judge Dredd anymore." Yeah. Also, he's banished from Mega City One. You're like, what? Yeah. It's like watching a Spider-Man movie and 20 minutes in, he loses his powers. You're like, well, I don't want to watch that movie. I came here for Spider-Man. Yeah, and then he's like in the Antarctic or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and this is a movie that is filled with talking. So much talking. Yeah, it, it is like, what is it? An hour and 30 136. Um, there are lots of action sequences, but they're kind of like in these no. little short <laughs> spurts. No, there's one and at the beginning and like... No, there's, one, there's other no, ones. No, there's one at the I beginning. I three. Yeah, three is not there enough. Might, there might be more. There's one at the end, one at the beginning, and then... And there's the one where he gets on the cursed earth and oh, he fights the cannibals. There's the, yeah. the motorcycle chase sequence. <laughs> I forgot sequence. the awful motorcycle There's chase. actually like six, okay? You guys are just <laughs> no, not paying no. Attention. No, disagree. I, I, well, I took a note of every time there was an action sequence. Oh, okay. no, I did? I'm just joking. No, oh, okay. That was a joke. Yeah, this movie. You made a list of all the films you've seen <laughs> that have action scenes in them. This is so much talking. So much in like boring rooms. It feels like mm. two two hours plus. Yes. Easily. Yeah, the set design sometimes is good, but other times it's just like an office or uh, yeah. the locker room. <laughs> a locker room. Yeah. You have a lot of like 
just leaden scene. Do you want to see like Judge Dredd do like cool stuff and like prove that he's the best cop? Yeah, he and doesn't... he just rarely gets a chance to do that. The cool I guess cool thing he does is he breaks out of the cursed earth. And then it's, he gets he runs down a hallway. Yeah, that's it. He runs down a hallway that's like an incinerator with Rob Schneider. Okay. Uh, so my favorite part is the appearance of my good friend, the ABC Warrior. That was cool. A 2000 AD character who is not a villain, I believe, because he has his own uh, series where he's a hero. He's this big hulking metal robot. And in Judge Dredd, he's created through all animatronic effects. Oh, it looks fucking amazing. And he amazing. looks exactly like his comic book character, yeah. and he looks amazing. Yeah, it looks so good. And it's like, you see something like that, and you go, why don't they just do that now? Because like watching it, we're like, I can picture this in CG, and how it would have no impact at all. I think what they would do, and like the one thing I, I sort of was keeping an eye on it, but they never show him walking. They'll only show, no. I think they only had one shot of his wow. feet on the ground. I never even noticed he didn't walk. They never showed a, a wide shot. They would only show mm. him from the waist up. And then they had one shot of his feet. On the <laughs> what ground. about that shot where he's in the background, just like looking around, cracking yeah. his knuckles. He's, uh, it looks so, so good. He's moving. Yeah. But you know, me and April didn't even know. So it doesn't even matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And to be honest, like they could make, they had the CGI now to make it look exactly like it looks in this movie. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's like, um, is it, would it really be that much more expensive to make that now? Well, we've talked about this before that the problem is like making the decision and you're stuck with it. Mm-hmm. And like oh, the design decision. The design and the what executives the, yeah. do not like that. What they would do now is they would make it and then they would replace it with, <laughs> yeah, it was another, CG, with another CG version of it later, yeah. which yeah. would cost them like three times as much and, and it would look, look so terrible. Much shittier. Yeah. That's yeah. what I hate about CGI is that it's created this awful mentality whereas it's just like, we could just fix it later. We can do anything we want now you later. Fix and then everything the later. more you do that, the the less good it's going to look. Make a decision. It gets closer and closer yeah. to, the, to the deadline. Nobody and wants then to make no a call time. Because Nobody yeah. wants to be responsible for, for that being one wrong. thing. Yeah. So yeah. it's better to like postpone it so you can tweak it later and post and then you just run out of time and then that's what you get. Yeah. You know, I gotta say, there are like enough scenes of Sylvester Stallone's being that Judge Dredd character. There's like a fun scene with him and Rob Schneider and he's mm-hmm. like, the law's never wrong and like yeah, him yeah. staying in character. But there just mm-hmm. needed to be more of that because like seeing Max von Sydow die, who cares? We barely know him. Yeah, yeah. he's not in it very much. Yeah, he should have had a bigger part and Amanda Sante doesn't really get a lot of screen time. No, and he doesn't even, like, do anything. No. Yeah, I like, guess... his goals weren't clear. He just wanted to create chaos and, yeah. you There's know. a great scene where he sees uh, his ABC Warrior kill a bunch of uh, judges. Then he takes a big puff from a giant cigar. Yeah. <laughs> he's great. He's a very, like, uh, mustache-twirling mm. villain. I mean, this is a film that was famously, like, had a lot of problems during the shooting mm. and in post-production. The story goes that Danny Cannon on the first day of set was like, everyone must fear me! And yeah. the message alone. I mean, that's the story that Stallone tells. Exactly. Which, yeah. What did he have the helmet on? He put the, <laughs> he put the Judge Dredd helmet on. <laughs> and Stallone essentially like took control because Danny Cannon wanted a X or like a darker version of Judge Dredd. That's right. Yeah. And Stallone wants something goofier. Even though that like supposedly Stallone was like a big Judge Dredd fan, like read the whole run up to there. I guess maybe he just didn't get it. That's like, really yeah. That's really funny to me. But because yeah, the the tone is very different from like the British I mean British... the comic is very it can be goofy because it's yeah. every week right so it can really be anything yeah uh, but it's just it's just a bummer like Rob Schneider just screeching the entire yeah. time yeah but you look at Robocop and like mm. that's how you do it right that's like, how you do that's, it right 100% perfect stripped down this is too big and I mean I'm guessing nobody was happy with the result and no. it, it lost so. money right yeah it was yeah. a huge flop it probably yeah. cost a lot I mean the cover 
like the the common poster and, and VHS box wasn't even the mask. It was just Stallone like leaning over yeah. and like, like firing a gun. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that could be anything. Even the mask, you can see through it, and you can see his eyes. Yeah, it's very lame. Yeah. And and the director uh, famously said he'd never work with another big star again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't worry about that because he never did. <laughs> yeah, he went and got an apartment with Steve Norrington, the uh, director <laughs> oh, of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah, it's the same kind of story. He mm-hmm. was like abused, you know, by a by a. Ego, e- egomaniac star, mm. I guess. Who's Which is kind Connery? of a, yeah, and I kind of feel bad for directors like that, where they're kind of plucked out of. I heard Steve know. Norrington was a bit monstrous as well on set. Like yeah, I've heard him stories. And, and Connery yeah. didn't get along very well, but mm. I, you know, it's always like hard to say who's right because you know you're only yeah. hearing it from blood me. tornado <laughs> do you hear stories about that happening now now it's more like the, the these little directors have to fight like the studio and the producers you know but usually they're getting find... fired for movies well, and i shit think like that, that like even now you don't hear about it because movies are an industry that like if you'd like rat then you're like, you won't work in this industry again. Yeah, they'll, yeah. they'll cover that stuff up. They'll mm-hmm. hide it. Like, even yeah. like they did with Fantastic Four with Josh I was Trank. just thinking that, yeah. He's working again. He's, like, directing a Tom Hardy movie. So it's, oh, like, you know, whatever. So. Did Tom Hardy play, like, twins in it or something like no, that? No, he's Al Capone. Oh, so okay. that's a, Oh, that's man, a totally that accent. Movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so for that. your dogs can wreck your Airbnb, and you can still work in Hollywood. Wait, yeah, what, and a couple oh, wait years what? Later. That was a Josh Trank story? He trashed his hotel Yeah. And he's like, oh, my dogs wrecked it. Is that? Yeah, I think it's dogs actually i think maybe it was a house he was renting or something that the studio was paying for anyway what happens now is like you always hear about these sort of young directors they do one movie you know and then they're handed this this massive hollywood blockbuster like colin trevorrow with jurassic (laughs) world but what happens a lot of times uh you see now is they're kind of plucked they're brought into the studio with like say a james wan or guillermo del toro mm-hmm. kind of like overseeing you them and protect protecting them, them yeah. from the studio mm-hmm. yeah that's uh, good you know they're kind of mentored and which is a good idea because it's like they act as like the kind of buffer well i think yeah like studios often get those directors because they're like we can push them around exactly like mm-hmm. we don't have to worry about like whatever their vision is because yeah. we're the boss at the end of the day and they have no pull yeah that's, it's like you've got really talent sad. now we're going to tell you what to do it's like we're going back to like the original studio system <laughs> Yeah, you're just you pretty know? much a director for hire, and it's like, what does it even matter that you've directed anything before? It's, that's at that terrible. Point? Yeah, yeah, we can push Jean-Pierre Genet around <laughs> on Alien Resurrection. Yeah. Oh no, what did we do? Yeah, it's so bizarre. <laughs> and that's how you end up with these bad movies. Yeah, um, so this podcast. my my final word on Judge Dredd: watch watch the <laughs> other Judge Dredd. Is this a new segment where it's like <laughs> April's, April's final word? word. April's final word. Yeah, um, my verdict is yeah, what you should have said. My verdict. <laughs> oh no. Court is adjourned. Yeah, my verdict yeah. is watch Dread 3D because uh, with um, Carl Urban. Carl Urban. Much mm. better movie. Mm. I liked that. Apparently movie. they're doing a TV series. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. I don't know if it's with Carl Urban. Uh, they better be with Carl Urban. That'd be fucking amazing. Carl Urban was on that show that lasted only one season, Almost Human, that was like kind of Judge Dreddy. Remember oh, that? And he had yeah. like a robot sidekick. Yeah. yeah that's I never right. Saw it. But yes. Yeah, His name was good. Bear. I think it was supposed to be good. <laughs> Um, so did you guys like Judge Dredd? No. <laughs> no, it's terrible. And I Any re- movie that at the end, I, I'm like, I wish I was watching Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, I remember it completely differently. I remember it being a lot more action-packed. I remember uh, it being more fun. Yeah, it's not Even at all. Even when I gave it two stars. Yeah, it's, it's really I was bad. Like, I thought it was more fun. Like, I don't remember being this led. It is really boring. Yeah. Really boring. Mm-hmm. Not even the comic stylings of Rob Schneider can save it. Yeah, go oh. watch The Fifth Element instead <laughs> Wait. and get the Chris Tucker uh, comic stylings. Not even the comic stylings of Max von Sydow can save this. <laughs> no. 
Um, well, Judge Dredd is available everywhere. We just rented it off iTunes. It probably has a Blu-ray. Uh, yeah, guaranteed uh, in like a Walmart bargain bin. You see it all the yeah. time. Danny Cannon passes it by. Judge, and then- Judge Roy Bean is on Blu-ray, and I think it's also available on streaming. Um, and uh, yeah, if I had to choose, <laughs> court is adjourned. Court is adjourned. If court I had to watch one of these two movies again, I have to say it would be Roy Bean. I agree. Even I knew though it was a lot longer. <laughs> To be honest, Judge Dredd felt longer. It felt way <laughs> yeah, longer. Yeah, it felt really long. Wow, yeah. so much talking. So much talking. So, well, I can't believe there was more shooting in, in Roy Bean than there was in <laughs> Judge Dredd. I don't understand Dredd. why the studios are not like, just make it 75 minutes. Yeah. Like, or even 80 minutes. Like, yeah. it, it just moves so much faster. It's not <sighs> like there was a plot that we didn't get to no, or anything like that. No, doesn't matter. They were like trying to fill it. Yeah, we kind of checked, I remember, and then you, you paused it. And it, was it was like half an hour Half left. an hour left. Like 36 minutes. And it was like, I felt like the story started? hadn't even started yet. Yeah. Like it was just so, it's such a weird, I don't know, yeah. pace to the movie. Mm-hmm. It's very strange. So that was our Patreon Bad Movie Lottery winner. And in a couple of weeks, not Judge Dredd, Roy Bean, and in a, sorry, a couple of months, we will have another draw for the next one. You can get that on the $2 level. And on the $5 level, uh, you can get a little bonus episode every two weeks. And if you want to email us, we're at no such thing as a bad movie at gmail.com. Uh, Twitter, no, at no such thing pod. And my personal Twitter is at April at Mansky. What was last week's uh, Patreon episode for people that missed out? Body bags? No, it was. Oh, it was Midsommar. Midsommar. That's yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. That's right. We can't talk about Midsommar and uh, we Lighthouse. We talked about Midsommar and Hereditary and Lighthouse. Yeah. Spoilers for all three, but you know, I've already been very clear about that. Um, but if you haven't, go see the Lighthouse. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so how do we wrap this up? <laughs> you have where to say can, your name. Where can and... people find you, Justin? <laughs> uh, they can find me at lots of places. I've said it before. I don't need to say it. I'm very self-conscious. Colin's staring right at me. Really? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Important Cinema Club. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. With those fake blue contacts. Which <laughs> yeah. is really funny. Oh God, yeah, Colin's yeah. eyes are blue. Yeah, we forgot to mention this, but Armand DeSante and Sylvester Stallone have blue contacts in this movie. For some uh, reason. I don't know what it is about contact lenses. They like, just look so bad. The, the technology... <laughs> technology hasn't evolved because Except I, for the evil dead ones I, well those are those are great but i still see it in movies all the, the way company. up until the irishman they still don't look good yeah, i, I think it's just because you know what they look like you exactly. know why because but, irises have depth to yes. them so light can penetrate them whereas yeah. contacts are very superficial it's just the color is on the top part you know mm. so light doesn't go into them there's no depth they don't you know the pupils don't move they're always like the same size oh, they can't it, like they can't dilate it's or funny like because that. like you look I don't know what color um, Sylvester Stallone's eyes are but you see brown. his eyes and you're like that's not his you eyes just, oh, yeah. you know that something looks wrong yeah they just have this very fake looking and they have a big black ring around them <laughs> yeah. so does Armand DeSante too it's just like, which is so weird because they're supposed to be brothers and they both had to wear blue contacts just have them I have don't know, brown maybe eyes. It was explained yeah. at some point. It's because they're yeah, like because Stallone was like, I want to hide Judge Dredd's beautiful blues. Is it because like their DNA is taken from Jurgen Pronschow and like <laughs> yeah, Max von Sydow, right. these German blue-eyed actors? All right, where like, can people find you, uh, Colin? I don't know. You know, I'm on I'm on Twitter. <laughs> what an enthusiastic finale! Uh, Sorry, going out with a bang. Oh, these movies. Sergeant Zima me. Sergeant Zima S T G Z I M A. Wait, hold on. I'm supposed to say this. S G T Z I M A. I'm on Twitter. Include J D C L O U X letter J. 
not spelling my name because this takes too long. <laughs> you can't, uh, you can't are you find, admitting you that you don't know how to spell me, your own name? A-P-R-I-L-E-T-M-A-N-S-K-I. And tune in next week for some holiday favorites. Yeah, my favorite time of year. Yeah. I mean, Colin gets to Grinch out. Oh, what are we doing? Like, uh, I don't know yet, but tune in. Oh, I know. To the podcast. We're going to get a rush. Tune in. A the, Christmas <laughs> rush. Perhaps. <laughs> tune in the podcast. We might deck the halls. Judge Arthur tune, Christmas. Tune in the podcast to find out. I have been April Atmansky. I have been oh, Justin DeClue. Judge April Atmansky. I still am. Colin Kennedy. <laughs> I still am. And remember, there's no such thing as a bad movie.